You know, when we talk about heroes, I grew up at a time where, I, I am going to say it, no cell phones. But there was movies. There was movies. And in the movies, the hero always got the girl. For those of you that are into movies or were into movies, you can think back about the movies that you saw where there was a hero. It could, even if the hero was a, was a hit, heroine? Is, is that the fem female version of a... Yeah. She got the guy. And the male hero got the girl, Right? So today I want to talk to you about the hero who gets the girl. And you're looking at me like, what? In church? So today, this weekend, we're celebrating the, what happened at the cross, right? Yesterday was Friday. Yesterday was the crucifixion of Jesus. But when you think about it, as Christians, we celebrate the resurrection because Without it, the cross would have been nothing. But we don't dwell on the resurrection. Because the resurrection has come and gone and has given us the opportunity to come to Jesus. It has given us the opportunity to claim him as our personal Savior and Lord because he did die for my sin. Right? He was my substitute. He was the one who saved me. But we are still in this world, aren't we? We still deal with temptations. We still deal with the struggles of daily life. And we have to deal with the fact that we're not getting any younger. Some of you know what I'm talking about. Those of you that are younger than I am, uh, I was like, oh, pastor, what do, you, what do you mean? I feel invincible, indestructible, right? I wish I had my son's energy. I really wish I did. But the more, I'm, well, I'm, let me stop. So when we look at this world and we look at what happened at the cross, we know that Jesus saved me, saved me from sin, but what do I look forward to? Let's, we look forward to heaven. I look forward to Jesus' second coming. Right? Because all of that, what transpired in 33 AD, now gives us the hope that we can go to heaven. Yes, we are still living in a sinful world, and there's still beauty in this world. But we have something to look forward to. And so I want to talk about the hero who gets the girl. Why? You'll see here in a minute. This is on. Jesus is portrayed 
not just as a hero because he died for my sins and he is the ultimate hero, as Ashley mentioned, but he is something else that the Bible describes that we don't talk about that often. He is, because of what he did on the cross, he has earned the title and the ability and the privilege to be able, thank you, to be addressed in this manner. As a matter of fact, he himself addressed him himself in that way. What am I talking about? Jesus, the bridegroom. Jesus, the bridegroom. Because he calls himself the bridegroom because when addressing the Pharisees, there was this conversation and this, and this confrontation of, we don't see your disciples fasting. And so Jesus tells them a parable. He says, have you ever seen, have you ever seen the bridegroom and his groomsmen fast at a wedding? And then he gives them a, issues them a warning. Be careful. While the bridegroom is with the wedding party, they're not going to fast, but they will when he's gone. These are the words found in Luke chapter 5, verse 34. Can you make the friends of the bridegroom fast while the bridegroom is with them? Have you noticed that when Jesus is with you, it doesn't matter what happens? When you are consciously aware that Jesus is walking with you every single minute of the day, it doesn't matter what comes your way because you know Jesus is with you. He provides that comfort, the support, the mental peace. He quiets all anxiety because he's with you. But the days will come when the bridegroom will be taken away from them. When was Jesus taken away from the disciples? Hmm. At the resurrection? No. At the ascension. Right? We don't, we don't think, we don't connect these dots often because here's what happens. In the context of the upper room, which we celebrated Passover and, and communion yesterday through the Agape Supper, in the context of that upper room, in the book of John, chapter 14, Jesus says these words, and my, I quote this verse a lot in my house. Let your heart not be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. For in my Father's house are many mansions. And if it were not so, I would have told you, I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go to pre prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there you may be also. And where I go, you know, and the way you know. The way we know is Jesus. There's no way, there's no ands, ifs, or buts about it. It is only through Jesus. That's the only way I will make it to heaven. If I have Jesus, I'll make it to heaven. If I don't have Jesus, I'm making it to hell. 
plain and simple. Hell is eternal death. But Jesus says, I need to go. In the context of the upper room, he's telling his disciples, hey, I'm, I'm leaving. I'm leaving you. Why? Because I need to prepare. I need to get ready. I need to make sure that everything is set for you. You see, we lose the sight of the fact that Jesus is using language that the disciples already knew. Why? Because the bridegroom had the responsibility to pay for the dowry considered at the time of the betrothal. Jesus' dowry to us was his death. He needed to pay the price in order for us to be able to go to heaven and to resurrect. But he also tells his disciples, listen, I have to go and prepare a place for you that where I am, you may be also. So did the, 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 the male, the, the bridegrooms, when they were getting ready to get married. They, that's what the Bible says. And he shall leave his father and his mother and be joined to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. But before they do that, he, one, he had to pay for the dowry. He had to pay for the right to marry that young lady. And he needed to prepare a place for them to live. You following where I'm going with this? Then he would return to the father's house for the wedding. This is my favorite part. This is, is what I look forward to. Why? Because this is what's going to happen next. This is what happens as a result of the resurrection. This is what happens when we believe in Jesus and we believe that he's coming again. What happens next is the wedding. The first two are done. The first two components of the marriage proposal are complete. We're just waiting. We're waiting for Jesus to come back so we can return to the Father's house for the wedding. How do you know this, Pastor Art? Well, open your Bibles with me to the book of Revelation. Revelation chapter 19. Now I'm really going to go out on a limb here. The very first series I preached in this church dealt with praise. And there are several Hebrew words that, we, that are used in Hebrew for our word of praise. Can any one of you think of one? Thank you. That's exactly what I'm looking for. Hallelujah. The word hallelujah, or alleluia as it's spelled in the New Testament, comes from, from the Hebrew word hallel. In the Old Testament, it's used three, 230 times, while in the New Testament, it's used only four. And you know where they're used? 
Mute my mic, please. I need to sneeze. Thank you. Yeah. So the word hallelujah is used only four times in the New Testament, and it's used right here in the book of Revelation. Chapter 19, verses 1 through 8. Now check this out. It says, After these things I heard a loud voice of a great multitude in heaven saying, let me pause here, the great multitude in heaven, thank you, these are the ones who have been redeemed. The great multitude, what are they saying? Alleluia! Salvation and glory and honor and power belong to the Lord, our God. For true and righteous are his judgments, because he has judged the great harlot who corrupted the earth with her fornication, and he has avenged her blood of his servants shed by her. Again, they said, Alleluia! Number two. Her smoke rises up forever and ever. And the 24 elders and the, and the four living creatures fell down and worshiped God who sat on the throne saying, Amen. Alleluia. Then a voice came from the throne saying, Praise our God, all you servants and those who fear him, both small and great. And I heard as it, as it were, the voice of a great multitude, as the sound of many waters, and as the sound of the mighty thunder, saying, Hallelujah, for the Lord God omnipotent reigns. Let us be glad and rejoice and give him glory, for the marriage of the Lamb has come. And his wife has made herself ready. And to her it has been granted to be arraigned in fine linen, clean and bright. For the fine linen is the righteous acts of the saints. Then he said to me, Blessed are those who are called to the marriage supper of the Lamb. Who's invited to this? Who's invited to this marriage supper? Everybody. You are all invited to be a part of this supper. You are all have been given. The diary, dowry has been bought and paid for in full for you. God has already established a house. Jesus has left him to go prepare a place for you. The wedding invitation has been mailed out. Save the date. He's coming. Amen. Blessed are those who are called to the marriage. Have you been called to the marriage? The, you should all be shaking your head. Yes, we have all been called to the marriage. However, are you going? I want to get there. I don't care if it's through the back door. I just want to be there. But you see, it ultimately comes down to a choice. It comes down to a choice. 
We talked about Luke being the one who portrays Jesus of all the Gospels the most about Jesus eating with people, right? Well, John doesn't fall far behind. Here he is talking about a supper that the Lamb is going to have, that there will be a wedding party in heaven. Oh, but there's this one right now. John, in, in Revelation chapter 3, he says, Behold, I stand at the door and I knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and dine with him and he with me. See, the idea of sitting down at a supper or having dinner or having a meal together with Jesus starts today. It starts right now. Why? Because of what happened at the cross. Because of what happened that Sunday morning. That is what enables us to come together. Are you ready? Are you ready? I can't wait for that day. I can't wait to see Jesus coming through the clouds. I can't wait to see the patriarchs, the heroes, and talk to David and say, tell me about this rock that you used to slay the giant. I want to talk to Josiah and say, what gave you the courage to stand up when as, an, as a 16-year-old before a nation and take a stand for Jesus and create a, re, a reform that as a result of your stance for Jesus, no other king is like you. What gave you that? Talk to Abraham. And man, you left your parents' house when you were 80? You were a dad at 100? God bless you. And yes, he did bless him. Because Jesus is a direct lineage of these heroes. Are you ready? The supper is ready. The dowry has been paid. And your place is awaiting you. Will you choose to stand with him? Will you choose to embrace the gift he has given you? You know, there are stories of, of, of the groom being left on the altar. I pray that you're not that bride. The reason why Jesus is being portrayed as the, the bridegroom is because we are, can, can you go back to that second or third slide of Jesus and the bridegroom?
I love this picture because the bride represents all nations. If you did not catch the detail, all the, there are nations' flags, and you can't, I had to crop the image to fit. But in her dress are flags of all the nations. The Bible portrays the church as being the bride. Therefore, you and I are the bride. And Jesus is coming for us. Are you ready? Will you make a choice to stand with him? That's why we celebrate Easter. That's why. I want to be there. That's why.